We've all heard the story of David and Goliath. And like the story of David and Goliath, we all face our own giants every single day. But the key is, how do you overcome those giants? Well, maybe it's not for you to overcome on your own. Maybe it's a job for God. Hey, welcome to the God Taught Me Show. I'm here with my main man, Pots and Pans, the ultimate Eagles fan, TJ Laurie. Dang, you What's... added one, man. <laughs> my homie with the chrome domey. You added the ultimate Eagles fan. That's that's crazy. That's another another rhyme. That's another rhyme, and that just came out of the blue. Yeah, man. I don't know if I'm really the ultimate Eagles fan, though. I didn't even go to the parade. I know. You know what? Uh, but you are a huge Eagles fan, yeah. even though you didn't go to the parade. Yeah, and I'm a little bit like, I honestly feel a little bit like, not let down, but like, I don't know where to go from here. Like, we won the Super Bowl, which is like my whole life. That's, yeah, you've you know, been waiting a long time. I've been waiting my whole life for the <laughs> Eagles to win the Super Bowl, and we fi- and they finally did it. I always say we like I'm part of the team. <laughs> like, you know, right, right. We did it. But, like, no, it's like the Eagles finally won, and the parade was awesome. I watched it on TV. watched all the speeches. Um, it was, you know, and, and now it's just like, okay, what's next? Like, now there's, like, nothing. Like, I'm a huge Flyers fan, too. I love hockey. And, like, I'm actually going to the game this week, and I'm like, oh, well, who cares if the Flyers win? Like, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> I feel like I have nothing left to root for, which is odd. But – Nah, it's just so cool to see. Yeah, it is cool to see, and it is a major win, and I call them the God Squad. Yeah, man, it's a major. They've been given a major platform to share the gospel, which is awesome. Right, I love it. Uh, you know, they're they're vocal and serious about their faith. A lot of people may not know that about the Eagles, or a lot of people do know it now because uh, millions of people have heard it. But I just believe that God did something special this year. Yeah, you know, because of their faithfulness to the Lord. You yeah, know, I mean they they put God first in a lot of situations. Definitely, you know. So I said it like halfway through the season, like I thought that the season was ordained because, like you know, like it was set in place by God. Because every week it seemed like they were getting more and more media coverage and more and more like notoriety, so their platform kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And every time like they would win, it was like you know first and foremost glory to God, which is just like really cool to see. Because a lot of times people will say that like glory to God, but like the way they were saying it too is like my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You right. know, like they weren't afraid at all to. Oh yeah, yeah, they to use it. weren't afraid, and and you know people might be listening to us right now and saying, well, is God really concerned about a football game? You know, I mean, like, but you got to remember those individual football players, you know, are praying. And but then somebody would say, well, so about, you know, the other team. Yeah, I I understand that. I get that. But I look at uh, those guys, a group of guys that they have intact right now on the team, Nick Foles and Carson Wentz and, you know, so many others. They they take God serious. They take their relationship with the Lord serious. They're not perfect, but man, they are like, you know. I've never seen a football team, you know, outspoken about the Lord as I have them. No, you always get like maybe one or two guys, you know, that are outspoken, but like never so many. Right. You know, like I could go down the list of like, you know, Jordan Hicks, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, um, uh, Chris Maragos, the, you know, the great special teams guy. Like, uh, who else? I mean, there's there's just so many number that have been so. Yeah, Zach Ertz, you know, number 86, the tight end. Um you know, and, and using the Super Bowl, using his media day to talk about Jesus and how he wants to be, you know, a rock in his relationship with his wife. And, it's you know, incredible. he's the firm foundation. And, um, it, yeah, it's just really cool. And the coach, you know, and like there's it, just so many, so many of them have such a strong relationship with God. 
Um, the all the back every single quarterback, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, and Nate Sudfeld, the third string backup. You know, he has a, he's a Christian right. and is outspoken about it. It's just a, really cool to see. One of the wide receivers got baptized this year. You know, blew up all over social media. Like, just you know, just so crazy. And talk about a giant man. Right. Winning the Super Bowl, you know, something they've never done. The Eagles have never done. Talk about conquering. And the Patriots, who have won how many times in the last 20 years? Like Winning that Super Bowl was what I would call a job for God. A job for God, man. For the underdog Eagles to do what happened before, you know, the whole watching world uh, and how they got there. They went from first I mean, from worst place, right? Here, yeah, almost last place in the division two years ago to first place to first in the whole league. Right, from worst to first. And, uh, you know, they acknowledge that, you know, it's the Lord that got them there. I mean, those guys are praying throughout the season. I watched a video of Carson Wentz when he got hurt saying he's trusting the Lord, you know, that we're still going to do good, we're still going to make it, and, you know, asking for people to uh, pray for him and, and everything else. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. No. You know, no, for me. Cool. You know, and it's it's refreshing to watch somebody that's a role model to glorify God. Yeah. You know, and and, and they did slay a giant. I mean, the... The, uh, <laughs> the New England Patriots are definitely a giant. That's a giant in, in the NFL. Yeah. Right? They're always in the Super Bowl, it seems like. They're always winning. I think it was like the team. third year in the row they were in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, that's insane. It, it doesn't happen. Right. But to them it does. But God, I would say, you know what I mean? I think, you know, when I look at Nick Foles and his story that you were telling me some about it, Nick Foles is a guy that wants to be a pastor. Publicly said from the platform, I, when football's over, I want to be a pastor. So he's studying currently now, right, in college mm-hmm. for that. Liberty University. Right. I mean, he's serious about it. And I'm sure behind the scenes he was praying. You know, thinking his career was done, praying, Lord, oh, yeah, he give did. me another chance. Yeah. You know, so here's a God that has a son because Nick Foles professes Jesus Christ. He's adopted by the living God, right? He's going to take that prayer serious. doesn't matter if he's on a football team or if he's a carpenter or if he's a lawyer or if he's a police officer or if he's a doctor. He just happens to be a man who's a quarterback in the NFL who has a father-son intimate relationship with God. God's going to respond to his prayer. God will shake things up, man, just for one single person that loves him. That's the key, you know. So when you got a person that loves the Lord, it, it, it changes everything. And I, I know it changes everything in God's perspective. So, hey, I'm believing that God did something miraculous in that game as a result of somebody praying Mm. right amen so they just happen to be nfl football players doesn't mean they can't pray you know maybe the other team wasn't wasn't praying at all who knows maybe they were but maybe they weren't yeah well we know the eagles were yeah we know without a doubt so we don't have any evidence either way of the other team but we know we have evidence that the eagles were praying that they that they knew they were the underdog you know everybody in the world thought they were the underdog and in underdog situations, when you're praying, that's when God shows up. And and you want to talk about an underdog situation? Yeah, let's talk about an underdog. Is there is there does there happen to be an underdog situation in the Bible a, that we could talk about? There's a huge oh my gosh. underdog situation. I, I, I in figured the Bible. it just had to be so. The <laughs> the word huge 
is, I'm not kidding, because there's a story in the Bible about a little boy named David. And many people have heard the story. And he goes up against a giant named Goliath. And I, I, I know he's over nine foot tall. I don't know exactly how tall he is. But nine foot is pretty tall. That's pretty tall. And it's, I'm sure he wasn't like a nine foot, like, you know, lanky guy. I'm sure he was nine foot of, like, yeah. beef. Beef, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he was huge. He was so huge that he came out every morning during a certain season when Israel was facing the Philistines. He would come out every morning. He would taunt the army. You know, so picture that. It'd be like, be like the Marine Corps on one side and some other army on the other side. And this big guy who's nine foot tall coming out screaming, saying, we're going to kick you down. We're going to destroy you. You know, we're going to rip your head off. And uh, everybody else running the other way because they're scared because the dude's nine foot tall, you know. So that's the situation. That was really happening. And what happens is David's dad, Jesse, says, I want you to go to the battlefields. I want you to bring cheese, food, supplies. Go visit your brothers who are on the front lines. Make sure they're okay and bring these supplies, you know, to the, to the army of Israel. So that's what David does. And while he's there, he actually is there at the right timing. He hears this giant come out like he's been doing every day and defying the, the army of God, really, the army of Israel, and just basically talking bad about God, talking bad about Israel, saying they're going to get slaughtered and all these things. And everybody's scared. And David looks around and said, who is that Who is that guy mouthing off like that, basically, you know, I'm paraphrasing. So they told him who it was. And, and then they also told him, they said, you know, if anybody kills that giant, he's going to get, his family's going to be tax-free in Israel for the rest of their days, and they'll be able to marry one of the king's daughters. And he asked twice. He said, what What would be given again if that giant gets killed? And we're talking about a little boy who came from, a, you know, protecting the sheep. And they told him again, you know, family would be tax-free, be able to marry the king's uh, daughter and have her for a wife. Long story short is David got to speak to King Saul, right, the king of Israel. And uh, he told him, well, I'll just read it, what he says, out of 1 Samuel 17. He said, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. David says, I'll go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came in and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37 says, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of of this Philistine, in other words, from the hand of this giant. So David had told the king of all of Israel, listen, I've experienced God before. I know what God is able to do. Man, he delivered me from a bear. He delivered me from a lion when I was protecting the sheep. When that was my job, taking care of the sheep, God protected me, and he's going to do the same thing to this giant. So, man, he had great faith, you know, and he was the underdog. He was, a, he was a little boy going after, going after a nine-foot giant. You know, so it's huge, huge difference in power. 
but the power that David was relying on wasn't his own. And that's what I want to say, TJ, to our listeners today is sometimes we get confused when we're facing a giant because we're all face giants, whether it be in our marriage, our finances, our health, our job, raising children, you know, building the ministry, whatever it is, there's always going to be giants in the land. And sometimes there's going to be those giants are going to win and sometimes they're going to get slayed. But in order for us to take them out, we got to rely on something. We got to we got to do something, and that's what I believe is one of the biggest things missing today for Christians is this one word, experience. A lot of us are not experiencing God. David experienced God when he was tending the sheep, therefore it built his faith, and built his strength in who God was, not who David was, but in who God was. So David recognized, man, God could do anything. You see what did you see what God did with the bear and the lion, bro? I'll take out this giant, right? Not because of me, because of God. And David actually said that later on in 1 Samuel 17, verse 47. David said, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword nor spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. The battle is the Lord's. David recognized that. He said, this ain't even my battle. This ain't my battle. This ain't my power. This ain't my spear. This ain't my javelin that's going to take this giant down. This ain't even my battle. This is God. This is a job for God. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Have you ever needed God to do something for you that you couldn't do? That's what I would call a job for God. Yes, I have. (laughs) Me too. You know? Uh, Sometimes there's things that we experience in life that only God can conquer. You know, we have a job, and God has a job. Our job is to pray and believe God, cry out to God. His job is to do the miracle. His job is to to remove the giant. The battle is the Lord's. So, But how do you get to that point where you're going to be that bold as David was bold? Be that, that where you can look at a giant and say, dude, you're in trouble. You shouldn't even came out here today. Imagine a kid telling you that with his skateboard in his hand, looking at you, pointing to you, <laughs> saying, "You picked the wrong day to wake up." Mm. And you're looking at this little kid saying, "Well, I'm a, I'm a, you know, the, the Goliath said he's going to destroy him." Yeah, pulverize. Right. <laughs> I'm going to run him over. It's like the like what the uh, what they were saying about the Eagles. I know, like every how every uh, media guy said the Eagles was going to lose. Right. The Eagles were going to lose. Yeah, and uh, look what happened. They had no hope. Yep, no faith. No hope, no faith, no nothing. And I, I, I would dare to ask you this question: Is, you know, how how do we get that kind of faith? And and I think I know what your answer is going to be. Um, but Chris, how do we when we're faced with giants like that in our life? How how do we get there? How do we know that we can overcome them? You know, and. And trust in God, not that only that we can overcome them, but trust in God that God will overcome those giants for us. Mm. So, you know, you kind of already answered it with experiencing God, but how do you, how does that happen? How do you experience God? How do you experience God? Yeah, it's, you know, you can come to church 52 weeks in a row and never experience God. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of people that do that, sadly, you know. Uh, I'm not happy about that stat, but... Mm -hmm. But experiencing God is on a daily, day-by-day, moment-by-moment, 
thing where you are dependent upon God. See, what a lot of people don't know, TJ, is God wants their dependence. He wants them depending on them for everything, you know? And and what we what do we do? We depend on other things. You know, we depend on everything else but God, especially when we're in a trial. You know, God's not the first person that we pick up the phone and call. Mm-hmm. You know, he might be the last person yeah. on the list. When it gets bad enough. When it gets bad enough, then yeah. we'll call God. Yeah, I remember I had this one time where I was I was struggling through a lot of stuff, um, and I was struggling with my faith, with my, my belief. And uh, a friend of mine asked me, well, well what is it? Like, if, if Jesus was here sitting next to us on this porch right now, what would you ask him? And I was like, well, I think if Jesus was sitting here on this porch right now, that would be enough. I wouldn't need to ask him anything, you know? And like, for me, it's like, well, he is on this porch with us. You know, he's in us now. Now I know that. But back then it was like, I hadn't experienced God enough, you know, to know that, that he's with me, that he's always in the same place he always is. You know, it's me, you know, it's the, the problem is, is that it's me not meeting him there. But I think that, how do you get that like in the, in that time and the, and it did come you know it came along through years of of seeing God work and looking back and seeing how God worked in my life but at that time I had nothing to like kind of lay my hat on right. I had no experience with God to kind of lay my hat on like I was a Christian I was trying to walk with God um I was trying to you know read my bible pray but like there wasn't anything that I was like yeah this happened and God came through you following me yeah so yeah. like that's what, you know, I, I, I'm just, what worries me is that that will happen to so many new believers, but because they're new believers, they don't have anything to fall back on. Like they don't have any like great time where they can be like, oh man, God came through right there for me. I know he's going to come through again. Right. So like, how do you get that? Like, how do you get to that point? So one way without question for sure is experiencing God through prayer. You know, you, you have to have a prayer life as such as that you depend on God for little things, because it needs to be little things too, as well as big things. It's, See, I knew that was what your answer was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> it circles back, right? It always circles back. Back to prayer. But it's true because, listen, if you're an active prayer person and you are praying about little things that you normally wouldn't pray about, you know, let's say you got uh, some kind of paperwork, you know, that you're trying to fill out and you don't know how to fill it out. Our first response should be prayer. We should say, Lord, I don't know how to fill this out. Would you help me? Give me wisdom how to fill this out. Because there's what you just did was you engaged all kinds of promises when you pray. You know, you're, one, you're putting God first. Two, you're dependent on him. Three, you know, he says, if you ask me for wisdom, I'll give it to you. And there's a verse in Isaiah 31.1, and it's kind of a rebuke. It says, woe to those who go down to Egypt for help who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots and in the great strength of their horsemen, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. Personally, how many people do you know that that are maybe of the Christian faith but do not seek help from the Lord when they need it? There's tons of them. Yeah. Right? I'll counsel people, TJ, and I'll say, hey, did you, did you pray about that? Uh, mm, no, no, I didn't pray about it. Wait a minute, you're telling me something critical here in your life, something that's earth-shattering, and you and you you mean you didn't pray about it yet? No, I know I should have, but I didn't, because we haven't developed that habit 
up praying about it. I know of a true story of a guy that was trying to sell a camper, right? He wanted $10,000 for it. He never prayed about it. He put a for sale sign on it. He told people about it. He tried to get rid of it. I don't, I'm not sure if he put it on Craigslist or not. He did everything, right, except pray about it. And guess what the trailer did? Sat. Mm-hmm. It sat, and it sat for over a year. Finally, his wife says to him, what, did you did you ever did you pray about? Because they were discussing it. You know, we got to get rid of this trailer and all these things so we can buy a boat and whatever. His wife said, "Did you ever pray about selling that trailer?" And he said, "No, no, no, I didn't." Well, he didn't just run and pray about it. Like three days later, he said he woke up in the morning. He's like, "What am I doing?" Like a light bulb went off. Why won't I? Why won't I ask God to help me sell this trailer? So then he did. He bowed his knee, and he prayed. He said, Lord, you help me to sell the trailer. You know what happened the next weekend? He said, his words, a young 25-year-old kid comes down his driveway into his house with $10,000 cash in his pocket. He's like, first of all, who has $10,000 cash? And this is a young man buys the camper for $10,000 cash. He said, I, I'm so blown away by it, and, you know, I can't believe that it took me so long to come around to pray about it. And it's like, yeah, it's like we do that. I do that, you know. I'll do that without praying about something. Uh, you know, the little the little widow, Josephine, who you've heard me talking to. I had her on speaker the other day. One time she had a leaky roof. Didn't pray about it. I went right to a roofer. And uh, Oh, got, wow, that was that lady? That was that lady. Okay. Yeah, the same lady, Josephine, Wow. who you now know of. But I didn't pray about Josephine's roof. I just figured, let me get a roofer to take care of it. Now, you know, I'm not saying that's a, that's a terrible sin and, you know, all these things, because it's a daily thing that we all do. It's just a habit that we have. Right. I do 10 things every day without praying about them, you know, maybe even more. Right. We were talking about you getting a new camera for your video yeah. company. And we were saying, man, you should just pray about it before you even embark on the search for, you know, thinking about it. And you're like, yeah, you know, yeah, I... I that's right. I do got to pray about it. We need that constant reminder. But with the roof, I didn't pray about it. God said, listen, you're in the habit of praying about everything. Don't you ever fall out of that habit. That's what he spoke to my heart. And not only that, I asked for his forgiveness for not praying about it. When I did that, I said, you take care of Josephine's roof. In other words, that's your job, God. My job is to pray about it. The same roofer comes back to me a week later says, remember that roof you had me look at? Yeah, I'll do it for free. After giving me a $3,500 price, which I said, man, Josephine can't afford that. I can't afford that at that time. After I prayed about it, he came back, took care of the roof. And I think God did that because he wanted to show me how important it is to depend on him. Dependence, right, when you depend on God for everything, leads to experience. Experience leads to great faith. So when that giant comes in your life, you fall back on your experience, right? You kick in your faith. But it all started way back here when you were praying about little things. That's how, you know, in an answer to your question, it's experiencing God through the means and the mechanism of prayer, which develops great faith in you, develops great intimacy with you and God. So that like David, David was rescued from a bear and a pause. We read in, in 1 Samuel 17. He knew that. He knew who God. He experienced God. He just didn't know of God. He experienced God. And David said, God, my God, the same God that I experienced is going to kick the tail off this giant. He said, it ain't even going to be my spear. 
It ain't going to be that. It's going to be God. It's not even my battle. It's God's battle. The roof wasn't my battle. That was God's battle. You know, it's amazing that we forget that. And we, we feel pressure. And like with leading people to Christ, you know, the Lord wants us to share his precious story about how he sent his son to die for our sins. And the Bible says if they don't hear it, right, they can't really act on it. They can't really come to know Jesus. They need to hear the, the truth, the message about Jesus Christ. But here's what I want to say about that. It's not our job to, to call somebody to accept Jesus Christ. That's God's job. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Our job is to share the message. It's God's job to take it from there. You know, our job is to pray and to seek and depend on the Lord. It's his job to shake up things, to move the mountains, to move the giant. You know, to, to when you got an unruly uh, person or a boss, you know what I mean, and you're praying, Lord, deliver me from this situation or develop me through it, one or the other. God's going to do something, but that's his job. You know, I've seen him do all kinds of things like that. So experiencing God is critical to the Christian life. And without it, you won't be able to face a giant, you know, because you would be scared mm. at the giant. You'd be like, whoa, this is too big for me. Yeah, but it's not too big for God. It's God's job. And you just develop your experience. So when that giant does come, you'll take him out by relying on God. You know, God wants us dependent on him. Psalm 44 says, you are my king and my God who decrees or commands victories for Jacob. Through you, through God, listen, we push back our enemies. Through your name, we trample our foes. I put no trust in my bow. My sword does not bring me victory. But you give us victory over our enemies. You put our adversaries to shame. See, it's God. The emphasis was on God. It's not relying on the, the tools or the weapons that we have. David said, I didn't rely on my bow or my sword. I relied on God. And I hope that makes sense for people and, and maybe it makes sense for you because I know of a time when you were in a jam, when you had to do this important video. I think it was in New York. I'm not sure. Yeah. But you couldn't get anything done in a certain area and you, you just said, it's not working. Yeah, it was it was crazy, and I'm glad you reminded me of that because I'm trying like sitting here racking my brain like, all right, when when have I like really had to depend on God because like everything I'm doing is just failing, right? So like I had this video job and it was a surfing thing, and if you know anything about surfers, they're infamous for poor communication, infamous <laughs> for poor communication, and just like like I used to work with surfers when I lived in California, and like I think we were doing something. I mean, I am a surfer, but. As much as I'm a surfer, this part also drives me crazy because I used to work with them and like, I think we had something planned, but the waves were good. So then, no, you know, you can't find anybody because they're just gone surfing. Like, wow. and then, you know, next thing I know, That's I'm funny. out surfing too. But yeah, so I was doing this job and it was with surfers. Um, it was for a wetsuit company actually. And uh, I'm trying to like, I'm watching the waves all week and I see this big swell coming and, and we need to get footage of these guys out in this big swell. It's like perfect for the video. And it was supposed to shoot up in New York, up at Rockaway Beach. And uh, so I'm like texting these guys, calling these guys, and I needed like four or five of them, right, to, to actually be in this video. Um, and, and no one's getting back to me, like no one. So uh, I, I actually came to you and I was like, yo, this is what's going on. Like no one's getting back to me. Like, and I asked you to pray. 
right. pray with me about it because like I, I was like, dude, this is not like everything I'm trying to do. Like I'm calling, I'm texting, I'm calling other people and like nothing's just working. It's just not coming together. And I was like, basically like to the point where I'm going up, I don't know if I'm going to see anybody, but I'm going up, you know, cause yeah. like, you know, and like, and, and I'm like, you know, I can trust that I can make a video like with the, the gifts that, and the skills that God's given me. Like I know how to use a camera. Like I know how to edit. I can make a video. I can make, you know, a video that I think is a good video, but I needed to lean on these other guys to actually come through for me and be in the video for the video to work. And, um, it was just a nerve wracking experience for me. Cause usually when I'm approached to do a video, I'm working directly with a client and then, and it's, so it's easy to, for that stuff to all come together. But anyway, long story short, I met with you, we prayed about it. And I mean, like within the hour, um, and actually I was sitting at church Thursday night and I was doing the live stream and, uh, within like the hour I start getting all these text messages oh, about, about the swell. It. Like they're just like flooding in, man. All these guys who like weren't answering me, like weren't getting back to me, weren't answering my phone calls. And they're like, yeah, like we're going to meet, you know, on this beach at this time. And I was like, all right, sweet. So like, let's go. So like we went up and everything, everything worked out, but I was so stressed out about it because I was thinking like, there's nothing that I can do. Like if these guys don't answer me, like I've put every ounce of me into this that I can. Right. And, and like, you know, I didn't want to fail, you know, because I was getting paid to do a video, but yeah, I needed these guys to come through and where, where I couldn't come through, God did. Um, and that's so cool now, like to have that, to be like, like literally Chris, there was no, like there was no other option for me other than right. to depend on God, right. you know? And sometimes, like you said, we need to get there. I like, need to get there, we yeah. need to get there. Like, I tried everything else. And, like, I wish that my first response, like, I wish I was like you, like somebody who prayed about everything, you know? But, like, for me, I'm so, like, a lot of times I'm, like, just going along in my work or going along in my day, like, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, um, that I don't even think to, like, bring those little things, like a video project before God, you know? Right. So I've, I'm learning from that, and I'm trying to now bring everything before God and pray over every project in that, even if it's not necessarily a faith-based project, but like that God will use me in some way, right? you know, to, to like minister to people or share, you know, share the gospel with people through that work. Um, but yeah, it was just, there was no way it was getting done and God did it. And now I can look back on that and I can say, Hey God, you came through for me in that specific area. Um, so when I'm up against another giant, I can trust that Amen. I have this experience and that it. God will come through again because that's the thing, right? Like, and we say this like every week, like just because I got through that one giant doesn't mean another giant's not going to, oh, you know, I'm yeah. not going to face another one. Like they're standing just, in line, man, they're standing in <laughs> line, dude. That's like the truth. It is. And, and so many people happening. are facing them. Yeah. All every day. I mean, just looking around our church, it's like oh, how yeah. many people are going through stuff, you know? Yeah. There's so many people facing so many giants and, uh, there's only one way, man. It's you got to give the battle to the Lord. Take the battle out of your heart, your arms, your hands, your heart, which is full of stress and turmoil because of the battle, and say, you know what, Lord, this is a battle for you. You're the only one that can that can do this, and that's when God shows up. Yeah, you know when He sees one of His children relying on Him, and it's amazing. Yeah. So, I also think too, when you're up against those giants and, and we're going to touch on this more next week, I believe, but like, man, God, God has put people in your life that like, like he put you in my life, like as somebody who prays about everything and somebody who, you know, who has, who has so many experiences with God doing 
you know, God doing amazing things. And like, so when those giants come up, you're like, you know, God, yeah, you, you have this, this is your job that like, when it came up for me, I was like, all right, like I can talk to Chris about this and like, he can encourage me through this situation. So like, I, I also think that's true. Like, so if you're not in like a, a fellowship with other believers, like right. get into fellowship with uh, other believers, because that's why God made the church. Right. Critical. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Otherwise you're like on your own. Yeah. You're like a lone ranger and that's, it doesn't work. That's when Satan creeps in and he starts putting thoughts that aren't, you know, yeah, into your head. So, and, and, you know, I just learned it from, you know, doing it trial and error. I mean, yeah. there's no special gift or anything like that. You know, anybody can pray about anything. That's the cool thing about it. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have a degree to do it. You know, you just do it mm-hmm. and, uh, and then you reap the benefits of it and the experience and the faith. And then when you face other giants, you're a lot stronger. And so, but listen, we're going to wrap up today's show. We pray that this show will encourage you. And uh, if you have any need, you know, you want to learn more about God, you want to learn more about who he is as a father, me and TJ would love to help you do that. You can contact us on our website, godtaughtme.com. That's godtaughtme.com. Our phone number's on there, our email, everything you need. And we'd love to get some resources to you, a Bible or the Worry Less, Pray More book, whatever you need. And you can also drop us a line and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Would you please pray for me? Because we will pray for you. So until next time, God bless you and have a great week.